0: From Mount Julia, Tennessee.
1: <laughs> Wherever that is. We're in my office. We're live from my office right now. We can from out your window we see all of scenic Mount Juliet. Yeah, you can see it. The yeah. devil brought me here and he said, I can give you everything before you if you'll just throw yourself down and worship me. And I said, I'm good.
0: You're like, Really? It's not that great. It's not
1: that <laughs> great. No, Mount Juliet's <laughs> a great town.
0: It is a great town. Uh, I'm glad to be home. I just got back from Dallas actually yesterday. Look at you, world traveler. Johnny, when you've been traveling as long as I have, yeah. you probably wouldn't understand. No, I don't. But it's a pretty big deal.
1: Uh, you got elite status? Uh, no.
0: You know, I actually flew American this time. What? Yeah, with my. with So, Pastor and a couple of us went down for the, some like intensives at Watermark Church conferences doing young adults, and then I did community. But I always fly Southwest. Like, I rarely fly yeah. unless it's international.
1: Some people hate Southwest because they don't like the whole cattle car yeah. lineup. It is they a little, want a seat number.
0: It is a little Lord of the Flies. Like yeah. So we always do this thing where we uh, – I will pay now. If, if me and Sadie and Laura are flying, I will pay for early bird check-in for mm-hmm. one of us. Because with Sadie, she's going to be able to go with us usually. Now, sometimes now she's old enough, they'll stop you. But it really is like the whole check-in thing. If you miss it, like for some reason, you weren't paying yeah. attention and you miss it by five minutes and you're in like C27 yeah. and you're trying to get three seats together. No. So it does. It's a little extra stressful.
1: Well, that's what they say when you're boarding. They go, if you have a C boarding pass, that C stands for center seat. <laughs> it does, you're going to get a middle seat. Oh, yeah.
0: And I did, I did like the idea as we were boarding. It was a lot less stressful for that. Like, yeah. you know what? It doesn't really matter when I get on. And there's a boarding group still. But you know what? My seat is saved. Actually, one of our uh, – one of our a our, our young lady named Maggie who was with us. She had booked her flight separately than the rest of us. There was three of us. And yeah. she was in the back of the plane. And so last night I was like, hey, I'll be happy to go let you hang out because she had to fly by herself in the back the last time. So I ended up going totally introvert in the back of the plane by myself with my computer for two hours. And it was – and I love being with people, Johnny. Yeah.
1: I love it. Sometimes but- it's okay
0: to recharge they are making fun of me, though, because they know I'm that way. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah sure. You'd really hate being back there by yourself with your computer and your headphones and disconnected from society.
1: What if you didn't have the computer? What would you? Uh, Remember when we had to just stare at the back of the yeah. seat in front of us and just be like, well, uh-huh. this is miserable.
0: I want to be bored again. Really? Like, like I, I told Laura. So here's – you'll appreciate this. When we're, so we're at 18 years of marriage now. At 20? Mark my words, world. I'm going, I'm going to the airwaves to say this, Johnny. Okay. God willing, if I still have a job, okay, yeah. and that my boss will let me do it. Yeah. And I told him already. I was like, I want this written into a contract or something, you know, oh, right. but anyway. So, but I'm the executive pastor, so I guess I have to write that contract. You
1: have to write and, the contract. Yeah, there you go.
0: But I, at 20 years of marriage, want to take a 20-day trip with my wife. At 25 years of marriage, I'm taking a 25-day. And at 30, I'm taking a 30. All the way up. Because right. – Our society, we don't do that anymore. I know that's if I can afford it, obviously.
1: If you live to be 90, it's like, I think they might just be missing. You don't even (laughs) – how long do you wait before you report it? That's bad.
0: Yeah, like – but I just – like I think I read the Bible and what Paul was like, and you know what? We just stayed here for the winter in in the book of Acts. You know what? I want to winter somewhere. I want to go winter It's as a verb. Yeah. You know? And just be like, you know, and Laura was like, well, my gosh, I think I'd get bored. I was like, exactly. Like, I want to wake up one day and be like, you know what? I'm bored. When's the last time that
1: happened? Bored again. I think that that sounds like a, uh, it does. It sounds like a sermon series. <laughs> yes. You must be bored again. is
0: <laughs> twice that you give me things. <laughs> you must be bored again. Like, I don't mean like bored in the kingdom or bored like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I just no, mean...
1: but I agree with you that sometimes, like we talked about before, how social media has taken away contemplation. Yeah. We just kind of post things and go, ah. And right. we don't realize that it has, it reverberates and it has effects and ripple effects. But more than that, I think it, it has taken a, there's something about boredom where you just look out the window for a while and you're like oh, and then you get inspired by an idea yeah. whereas if you just go down the rabbit hole with a YouTube video that turns into 18 YouTube videos that moment of genius that you might have experienced is now taken away mm-hmm. now this is for creatives now if you're not if you're a person who just has a work a day life and whatever and there's nothing wrong with that but I'm saying like I know people who work jobs and they're like I punched out I'm off I want to go home and zone out and that's what Netflix is for I'm talking about like if you're creative and you create things for a living, uh, boredom can be your friend. Oh, absolutely. Because you you create in those moments of angst. and So when you take those away by going, I'll watch the 15th episode of The Office in a row, that yeah. could be a thing where I could have written a new song probably.
0: That's funny. Somebody told me that this week, and I can't remember if it was down there, but the study is on like, hey, when, you, when you're sitting in traffic or yeah. you're um, on an elevator or like the, the in-between moments of life. Yeah. Are suppo- that's when your brain actually solves problems, right? Like when you're not active about something, you're just contemplating life. Like you said, yeah. And your brain is bringing you, oh, you know what we could do about this and this. Like you're, and then we we take all that time and we engage, we engage something consume. else.
1: consume, yeah. yeah, yeah. Instead of create, we consume. We t- we've turned ourselves into consumers instead of creators. And I don't think it's. I mean, it's a spectrum, so I don't think it's like we've all gone all the way to one way or another. But I think we're definitely in that part of the life where we're like, yeah, this is, this, it feels odd. But yeah, I said that one time in my Sunday school class, uh, back in the day when I was teaching the young adult Sunday school class, I said, when's the last time you were bored? Yeah. And they couldn't remember because yeah. they are, there's always something to engage us. Like they'd rather be dead than bored. Yeah. Like I, I get that from my kids sometimes. Like I remember just sitting on it, a, like a, even when you're on the way to Dollywood or some dumb trip Yeah, and you're just staring out the window like an idiot and you're playing some dumb I Spy game, or yeah, you're light, counting counting out of state license plates, and but those are stuff that you remember. Yeah. We now it's like, no, I played the fifteenth game of Candy Crush in a row, or whatever. Like we don't have, we don't create no. games. We don't remember. Dad doing the weird thing where he pulled over and hit people in other people's cars. That was what my that's how angry my dad was on vacation. <laughs> I'll turn this car around and nobody will go to Biltmore. So, God, Dad, we didn't want to go to Biltmore anyway. Did you go to Biltmore as a kid? I've never been to the Biltmore. What? There's your twenty days. But hey, that can be huge. one of your twenty days. You yeah. start to go to Asheville, do the whole thing, and yeah. you, Asheville's cool. It's got a bunch of little cool like little uh, very, cafes yeah, and bistros and such. Yeah, that my, needs to be day two of your twenty days. My brother in
0: law Greg is in Asheville all the time. Yeah, and so yeah, it's very uh, it's
1: very hipster. Do we? St- is hipster officially? Have we passed it now? <sighs> probably because we just say everything hipster, meaning like something I don't like.
0: Like a true hipster is listening right
1: now is like rolling their eyes, like how dare you? Yeah. Like you know, I mean, right? It, it, it's we've taken away the power of the word because it doesn't mean what it probably started out meaning. I don't know. You think it's
0: because, like, but do you think that we ever get to call something hipster at our age because we're not hipster? Like We
1: just sound like old men shouting at the clouds. Right. Hey, dang, aluminum foil. Oh, you know, I don't know yeah. why he's mad about aluminum why foil. Why would you? I think He's wearing <laughs> aluminum foil. <laughs>
0: he's
1: the man. These hipsters with their aluminum foil and their saran wrap and such. In my day, we just let food rot and we liked it. Yeah, rotten food is delicious. It is good
0: and good for you. <sighs> No, I, 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 um, I want to take, and I understand I'm not entitled to that trip. I understand that's a big statement I'm making.
1: It's in. almost like a, that's a sabbatical type length of time. But yeah, here's
0: the deal, though I'm not.
1: Do you believe I'm in not sabbaticals? A, I'm not you,
0: a, I do believe in sabbaticals.
1: I but think you, you mean have, you believe in them like you kind of believe in Bigfoot. You've never seen one, right? But you just know that I one's believe out they there. They exist,
0: probably. <laughs> I've seen, yeah, just the droppings. you have seen sabbatical droppings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you know the deal is. I, I am not in. I think there has to be a certain level of success generally in your life for a sabbatical to work. Like yeah, that is a
1: very, very like yeah. uh, first world thing to be like, I just need some me time. <laughs> right. Like, I my, feel stifled. Anybody else? It always helps me to think of my
0: counterpart in Africa. Always think about that. Like, yeah. somewhere in Africa today, some dude is pastoring, like, and he's yeah. under threat of occupation. Uh, he is possibly facing civil war. He's working two, three, whatever jobs he can find to make it. Happen, and he's right. just discipling people in his home and their homes everywhere he can. And here I'm yeah. more he about sabbaticals. And he's
1: like, when I get to my 20 year anniversary, I would like to not get shot at. Right? That's and I'm going.
0: Dream. I'm thinking maybe I'll visit Africa. Like I'm. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> but
1: I mean, I don't. And I get it. I don't live
0: there. I can be. And I don't. I don't have like guilt of of where I live. I think that we're all broken and we're all in need equally of Jesus and all those things. I do. I do think of him as you know a hero for me. You know, he's my counterpart. Yeah. He's, he's carrying the same gospel as where he goes. But so yes, it may not happen. Johnny, I may no, not. No, you
1: said it was going to be in the contract. It's done to happen. You said, I deserve it. And <laughs> if I don't get it, I'll walk. That's what we'll I heard. call it a merit.
0: <laughs> Let's put the word merit in there somewhere. I've
1: started doing this thing with my wife at home where I'll like, if there's something I don't want to do, or we're like trying to argue about who, you know, okay, what do you want to go eat? I don't know. Uh, just get pizza. All right. You call it in. And she would be like, I don't want to call it. No, neither of us want to call it in, you know. And so I'll do this. I'll go, how about this? You call and order the pizza. That's it. And then I just let it. But I say it with like a little, and there's something else coming on the back end of it, right. and nothing, nothing happens. Nothing. It's the best. Does it work? I bet it works. It's just, it makes her laugh, and then that's just very disarming. And then right. she'll, I'll call. I remember, now for- that now I've given her my secret, because she listens to the podcast. But I do it all the time. I should have done it today. Okay, John, what about this? You pay for lunch today. And, yeah. Yeah. So the other day when I was binge watching The Office and not being bored
0: and creative, right? I mean, like that episode where uh there's the mess in the microwave. Remember that one? Oh, right, right. And uh, uh, Pam puts the note on there that's real, you know, signed, concerned, and everyone's like, I'm glad she sent something. Well, that's how pretentious. Like, there's all this stuff, and she's watching. Yeah. And Ryan walks up to her desk, my favorite thing, and he's like, he's like, you know, Pam, I, I agree. You, I'm, I'm so on board with this microwave thing. It's just ridiculous. that someone made that mess. And she's like, well, thank you, Ryan. And he's like, but you know what? At some point, someone's just going to have to roll their sleeves up and get in there and clean it up. And she looks at him and is like, well, Ryan, couldn't you do that? He's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm no good at that stuff. I'd find try. a way to mess it up. And yeah. she says, you'd find a way to mess up cleaning up food out of a microwave? <laughs> I'd find a way. and Like, he just walks yeah. away, like his refusal. I just love the idea that
1: you can't order a pizza. Like, no, I can't. there's yeah. no way. Uh-uh. Well, neither one of us want to talk to people on the phone. Wow.
0: Let's let's unpack that, Johnny. Yeah. Let's talk about that.
1: Let's unpack that as our sister podcast.
0: <laughs> unpack
1: that. <laughs> Hashtag it sounds like a travel podcast. It would
0: be... Or be, be at unpack that pod. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Or Dot org. Dot org. Well, no, I just, you know, like if you have an app, you know, because Domino's has an app. So yeah, more likely evil. to use the app. Well, more likely to use online. I did
0: that the other day. I needed to order a pizza to send to somebody else. Yeah. And it was like trying to get a hold of the White
1: House. Yeah. And then you never know if they got it because, I mean, it's, <sighs> it could have not gone through. Then you're like, it's been over an hour. Where's that pizza? And they're like, oh, we never we never got it. Whereas if you talk to a person, you'd be like, no, I talked to Brad and he said...
0: But sometimes I talk to Brad Yeah, and I wish I had the app because Brad is like, right. you guys do make pizzas for a living, right? Like that's what you do. I'm not dogging it. I'm just saying sometimes it's yeah. so... Now let me get this straight. You want a meat lovers and a pepperoni? I mean, it's like, how complicated could they be? I get it if I was yeah. ordering
1: all these, you know... Well, it's like our generation grew up, we were scared that we were going to be replaced by machines and now we're the people who would rather talk to a machine. Yeah.
0: So I was never scared of that.
1: You because right. you just feel like like a machine can't preach like me. There's no way. Is that what you say? Is that what you're saying?
0: Can I get an amen? Speaking
1: of office clips, you referenced three different pop culture shows in your sermon. I listened to your sermon online.
0: I warned them. So I,
1: I partook of technology on the way home from my trip. So this is this is all coming full circle. Uh, and I heard your and it was like you showed a Friends clip. I did. Which that show? Good grief, John! What are you trying to?
0: Uh, people did you, did not Fr- hear
1: I know you gave you gave caveat. all these you gave all these No, <laughs> we're not saying we understand. You know, and most of that was in jest. It was yeah. like, you know, look, guys. Yeah, because people will go. You're all people, you have to, people will go off the deep end. though.
0: I don't know if they will hear. I mean, they're pretty. You know, I think guys. I think it goes without saying that we don't endorse everything that ever happened on Friends. One time,
1: uh, one time, didn't we show like a? Uh, it was like all these quotes, and one of them was from Muhammad Ali, and somebody freaked out because we showed a clip, uh, a quote from a Muslim. Yeah. I was like, well, more. we were kind of focused on that he was a boxer and a champion, but right. sure, I guess he was a Muslim. <laughs> I think somebody freaked out. I know this. Somebody did freak out one
0: time because we were uh, – it was near voting time whatever, yeah. and we were going to pray for our leaders. And we prayed for our governor and prayed for our mayor. And yeah. we put our president, and it was Barack Obama, and they flipped out.
1: Because you don't pray for Barack Obama. Because we
0: couldn't – it was like – and so when that gave us a great opportunity to have a conversation. Like, well um, – it reminds me – Laurie tells that story all the time. It reminds me of – She had a a pastor's wife uh, who worked with her in Knoxville at Park West Hospital. And he was the pastor of Cokesbury United Methodist. He's passed away now. But Cokesbury is like 3,000, 4,000 people, you know, the biggest Methodist church in Knoxville. And some lady called one time to complain with him, and she was just going off. And he just said, Well, ma'am, you know we just really feel like that Jesus said, and she interrupts him and says, well, I don't really care what Jesus said. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, well, I, I don't really know what else yeah, there is for us to talk on about. We're off the wrong him.
1: foot then. Yeah. yeah. So, well, all that said, yeah, you're right. We don't have the kind of people that would necessarily like send heated emails. Cause you referenced the friends, but it was like friends. You had an office reference. There was uh, something else. uh Well, uh, was there an office reference? Maybe not. You know, it's so weird. It felt like I preached two months
0: ago, but it was just like it was four just days. A couple days ago? Five days. Listen, I opened with friends, the Joey and the Porsche. You
1: showed that clip, I showed but I didn't clip. see it on the live stream. You yeah. did not, it did not show.
0: So great. Uh, but I knew what
1: was happening because I've seen that episode a 100 times.
0: Yeah. And then, I, oh, I talked about um, um, Man in the High Castle.
1: Okay, which I, that was lost on me. But we had talked about it before, so yeah. I knew the show. I knew and the I laid
0: premise. out enough of the premise, I think, to get it if you didn't see it. And then yes, I did the office with Meredith. Uh, yeah, okay.
1: The, who, the inter- intervention one,
0: catching her hair on fire. She's drunk all the time, and she can't ever admit. And yeah. can't ever admit in Mike's Michael's intervention. Whew. Words are good. Words are goodly. Hard I speak.
1: For people. It's fine.
0: But yeah, and then I think I ended up referencing the Matrix too at the very end. You
1: went. So. I was like, wow. I mean, when the Matrix came out, there were a lot of people <laughs> who were like, "This is so, this is such a huge parallel." It's like yeah, except for the Uzis and the black trench coats. <laughs> <laughs> like we're the good guys. We go shoot everybody that doesn't believe in God. It's like I don't know like in the Bible. A, I don't know if it's an exact parallel, <laughs> <laughs> well, but there are things about like being whether you're awake or not. Yeah,
0: I believe that. So okay, i was going to dive down this hole.
1: Red pill, Seriously? literally the red yeah, pill,
0: literally. I I remember our pastor used to say, seemingly and literally. Seemingly,
1: literally. He was like, is it? Is it? Which one? That's not. I don't know. Yeah. But. Um, remember he couldn't say cell phone. He'd say cell foam. Foam. I don't know why he put an M on me. I don't know. He and he would. couldn't say
0: intercom. He said intercom, intercon. Intercon.
1: He'd, he'd flip those yeah. up. So we used I don't, to. You can have a cell phone or intercon. I don't. You. Call him on a. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: we used to string them all together. We did like five of them. Uh, we yeah. loved him, though, and respected him. Well, obviously, but he was, a, you know, he was okay. Those were, listen, Johnny, it was a part of our, it was it a part was, of our journey, part of our journey. And that's where I met you. It was. Yeah. And who knows where remember, our lives would be. Do you, <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you remember that? I had, do have our listeners ever heard that story?
0: Uh, yeah, Probably I think not. we told it one we day about the it. horrible song I wrote. Oh yeah. Yeah. I sang it that morning and you walked up. Did and we like, ever
1: do that one? You're like, bro, that band? song sucked. No, I never would have said that. <laughs> it was
0: like your opening line. You should have if you would have loved me well. I remember it had
1: a. It had a. <laughs> it had the drop. It had the drop. Moses, my servant, is dead. I was writing scripture songs, Johnny.
0: Yeah. So I'm taking it very. Moses, my. I did tell the church the other day. Was that last week? God, oh, I can't remember. Because <laughs> I preached two weeks in a row, so it's hard to remember. That I was telling them that when i was young yeah. and my whole christianity yeah. was really revolving around whatever struggle i was in yeah instead of revolving around the message of jesus redemption for me and so like before i was married i struggled with lust and we struggled so much and had all these issues and i was trying to enter ministry and you remember i was a mess just a mess all the time right making mistakes all the time couldn't overcome just like just just like grasping trying to make it to the wedding day kind of thing i mean it was hard it was a really really difficult time and I, that's why i feel for my friends who are single, uh, for now over the years as a youth pastor, young adults pastor, you did too. those things. Like that is, it's just easy to forget how difficult that was. And so, but my whole life then as a, as a, as a creative, what did I write about? Like I wrote a song one time, I told the church this, I wrote a song one time and the title was what a wretched man I am. Yeah. I remember that (laughs) song. Which is a scripture. That's like I don't know why that we didn't get picked up by a record label. Like this was all such uplifting music. I mean, it was real. It was very much lamentations, you know. And there's a place for that. But all I could write was lamentations about how awful I was, and God must be like just enduring me because I'm obviously such a wretched sinner, which is so true. But I didn't have any joy in the message because I didn't understand, you know, fully, you know, forgiveness and things. So anyway, it just yes, Moses, my servant was dead, man, was
1: um. So, Joshua, raise up your weary head. It rhymes, bro. Which is more of a paraphrase. The first part is straight scripture. Right. Second part. Right. I may have taken from the message translation. Right. It was,
0: <laughs> me and Eugene Peterson wrote that together. And, uh, <laughs> no, no uh, but you walked up. I don't.
1: Did I walk up then?
0: I think the first right week, after the yeah yeah you were there visiting because the youth pastor was uh, coming back to faith.
1: Yeah, and, he was an old an old friend. Yeah.
0: Yep. And. And we just started talking and hit it off. I remember, like, because we're both just kind of real straight shooters. And yeah. We're both like not afraid of feelings and all those things. You know, sorry dudes out there if like you don't want to talk about things. That's why we have a podcast where we talk about things. Like we're just not. So it's not always good. We unpack. But it. we unpack things. Yeah. We lean into things. This That's so, be one
1: of our segments. Let's unpack that. Let's unpack that. <laughs> <laughs> it's own theme song.
0: <laughs> and so, you walked up. We talked for a minute, and I yeah. just I just remember you said. You were like asking me, I was in college, this is what I'm doing. Right. And then uh and then you said we just kinda of started sharing our dreams and everything and you were like, You wanna tell me what you want to tell me what you said? <laughs>
1: that's, you said, uh, yeah, it's my dream to be blah blah blah. I wanna be a Christian singer songwriter. And I was like, I wanna open up a chain of stores that sells dairy products from the Holy Land. And you were like,
0: Really? I was like, Wow, that's amazing, bro.
1: Yeah, and I said it's gonna be called Cheeses of Nazareth and <laughs> uh And I knew right then yeah, that we were... That, one, good. you were not a normal human. No. And, two,
0: <laughs> that we had to be friends. Yeah. And you did. You said, I remember you said, I just got to feel we're going to be really good friends.
1: Yeah, I did. I said that. That's a, I don't do that. That's a weird yeah. thing. And I felt weird as I said it. But I didn't feel weird at all. I was it's like, like, no, I agree. It's like the time, I, I, was, I was talking to Tim one time, uh, Tim Hawkins. I said, because he was asking me, he goes, you tell your guy friends you love them. Yeah. And I said, yeah. I said, I always have. I was a mama's boy, and I just always am like, I don't want them to... Yeah, not. No. So when I hang up the phone, like if, I, if, I'm, if I've talked to you more than three or four times and we're close, I consider us close. i be like, I love you, man. Yep. That's the last thing I say. And uh, he's like, I think that's really interesting. And I said, do you don't. And he goes, yeah, I do. And he goes, how, long, how deep into relationship before you go from handshake to hug? We were talking about the, like the whole parameters. <laughs> and I said, I remember the first time I hugged you. And he goes, really? I go, do you not remember? And he, he didn't remember it, but it was on stage. So the first weekend we went out on tour together, it's like an audition weekend. So I'm out on tour. I'm scared to death. And here's the other complication. This documentary crew that was like wanted to get a PBS documentary together about Christian comedy. They had followed me and Marty Simpson and buddy of mine and a guy named Claiborne Cox. We had done all these really small town shows and he was kind of following us getting information. He goes, dude, you're doing this Tim Hawkins thing. Do you think they would let us go on the road with you? Because this is kind of a cool bookend to the story. You get to Mm -hmm. go out and tour with a big artist. And I go, I feel so weird asking this. But I asked Todd Hawkins, Tim's brother, and they were okay with it. So here I am asking all for the moon. I'm the new guy. I'm scared to death. (laughs) So he's getting, he's putting mic packs on us and we're on the bus. And I've just met this person really. So I'm talking to Tim and he's so cool to me and really gracious. He's doing these little side interviews, kind of like The Office, where he's doing this little testimonial interview. I I don't know what he's saying. But the shows are going good. But one of the things we did in the show was Tim was doing this bit at the time where he did one liners. He called it the tweet song. And I was doing a thing where I do one liners. I called it the joke medley. We didn't know about each other's bit. It's just one of those things where it happens.
0: Right. It was like his peanut
1: butter, your jelly. Right. So when I found out he was doing that, I was mortified. I was like, well, he's not going to want me to do that. His mayonnaise, your pickles. Yeah. Because I was like, well, if you have something similar and a comedian's way bigger than you, Like I had an idea one time to do pyros in my show because every comedian wants to be a rock star and every rock star wants to be a comedian. So I think I said, I think it'd be so much easier because there's things in a rock show where it lets the audience know it's time to get excited. And one of those is pyros, but I can't use pyros. And so my my dream was to do an outdoor show and like tell one liners and then pyros go off. (laughs) And then I saw Kevin Hart do a special and he used pyros. Wow. And it broke my heart because I was like, nobody's gonna understand right. that They're I thought think of it first or anything I stole to. it from Kevin yeah. Hart. So that's what I thought was gonna happen with Tim. I was like, he's gonna do this one liner thing. I can't do mine. He I got on the bus, he goes, I think we got some stuff that you do that we could do together. I knew right away, I was like, This dude's different. He just doesn't he just wants a good show. Yeah. So we started doing the one liner thing together. So the third night we're in Atlanta. Uh this big church there, probably fifteen hundred people. He brings me up the middle. I do my one-liner thing to close. He lets me have the last joke, which is a joke I do now in my show. Well, I don't, know if I, I don't do it as much anymore, but it was, it's my big hit joke. It's uh, My dad was a conjoined a twin, twin, so now we refer uh, we used to refer to his brother as my uncle on my father's side. Boom. Then I go, oh, it's okay. They're surgically separated. Now he's my uncle once removed. Big, huge. Well, I get a standing ovation in the middle of the show. John, Tim goes, Johnny e. W., and I'm supposed to leave, and he does like another 40 minutes of comedy to close the show. Well, they all stood up. And it took my breath away. I was like, oh, my gosh. Because this was like – I was tense because I was like, I need to impress this person mm-hmm. and this group of people. And that Absolutely.
0: probably just impressed him them. If you're well,
1: dead. I don't know. I, I no. thought, well, if, if this doesn't do it, nothing will. Right. And I was just – I mean I was probably doing 30 or 40 shows a year at that point just trying to do what I could. So I kind of thought, did my life just change? I didn't know. And I think I – so <laughs> I put my guitar down and I kind of reached over – Tim had his hand out to like shake my hand to walk off stage and I just hugged him. <laughs> <laughs> and he I could hear him going, "Okay." <laughs> You know, I just remember it. And I told Tim that, and he it's laughed. It's okay, buddy. It's like this. And I, as me, when I hugged him, I was like, this is probably too soon for this. Like, it's you like, said that to him? When you... I just, I thought, yeah, no, I, told him, no. thought. I told him after the fact, it's probably too soon for this. It was like he was handing you an award. Yeah. You know, I just, I just yeah, exactly. It was, too, yeah. it was too. But I was just. That was a closet. big moment, I was in my emotions. I love that about you, man. Absolutely.
0: Know. You hugged me. The We hugged the first time that we ever we? we met. Yeah. I'm a hugger. Yeah. And probably said, I was raised the same way. We say I love you. I mean. Especially it, as, as you know, those who are believers in things, like, absolutely. I mean.
1: Yeah, I just don't like, I mean, again, there's things I do leave unsaid. And obviously when you're, sometimes it's the people you're closest to, like your wife. You just go, well, look, I said I do. Right. I told her I loved her. If anything changes, I'll let her know. You kind of get it. You follow that mindset if you're not careful. Yeah. And I don't want to be that guy either. But, so it's like, I don't, these people that go, oh, you got to live each day. Like, it's your, that's a little bit too right. far Cause then it's like, what do you just wake up every day sobbing and making funeral arrangements? No, you don't live <laughs> right. each day like it's your last. Right. But I think there is something to the point of like we don't know, and like if a tragedy happens, that's when we all it super heightens your emotions because you're like, that person had no idea that that was their last day, and I don't want to, I don't want John to die with or yeah. me to die without John knowing how I felt. About it. So I am kind of that guy. I I'm, I take things I overcoach things. Yeah. I overanalyze things. That's part of my job, and it's it's. It can be crippling if you're not careful, but one thing it's given me—I do think that I'm a sensitive person in a good way.
0: Yeah, I think I'm kind of made that way too. And the deal is, the good side—lots of bad things about it—but the good side is—is is there's rarely relationships in my life where where things are left unsaid. Yeah, like I, you almost know. Almost me and my friends—we always know where we stand with things. And when I can't resolve it, yeah. is when I'm really like completely tortured. Like that—that that is almost unbearable for me if there's something we can't say because we don't have the bridge of communication to do so right now or whatever. There's an awkward situation like that is what sends me in a spiral. I can't handle it.
1: Yeah, I think I'm I'm self-aware. What I do on stage, like when I meet comedians who are not self-aware, yeah. like they think they killed and you saw them just bomb Yeah, I'm like how do you ever expect to be a comedian you don't even know why they're laughing Right, or, you
0: want to make observations about culture and you can't make observations about yourself yeah and right. I'm
1: fascinated by that because really like most comedians that are good or even just okay they're painfully self aware Yeah. so uh, in that extra weird you can feel the hairs on your arms stand up when you know this side of the room likes that chunk of stuff you just did so I'm going to stay over here I'm going to go deeper here because this is what – and so that – you cultivate that and you whittle that into a, a person, a stage persona, and that's what it's built on. It's built on I know what they think about me, yeah. and I'm going from that perspective. If you don't even know that, you're really kind of hopeless if you're just like, well, I think of myself – because you see guys – this is a good example. Netflix has all these specials. I mean there's so many comedy specials now. It's like the second golden age of comedy. Well, there's a comedian named Ron White, okay? Ron White's one of the uh, blue-collar comedians, so Jeff Foxworthy kind of made him a household name. His first hour of comedy is probably one of the best hours of comedy that's ever been done If from a southern perspective. It's yeah. called, they call me Tater Salad. It's got some of the best, like, jokes in it. But then he got huge, and all those jokes have to be thrown away, so he has to go get new jokes. Well, he's kind of famous for having purchased material purchase but, material from whom from other comedians okay you can do so that. he has writers a lot of comedians have writers but sure. he's like pretty famous for it and, and he just lets it whatever now he has jokes that he writes but one of the things i think's happened to him over the years and again i'm not hating on anybody but he's older and he's kind of overweight he has a lot of jokes that are kind of like over the top like about his relationships and just like crazy like crazy dirty stuff
0: yeah
1: and it's like he, it's like I feel like he's lost self-awareness because nobody – you're painting pictures in your audience's mind of an old, overweight dude. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. – and I saw so I'm painfully the other way. I'm like I want to make sure that my audience feels the same way about me that I feel about myself. So I'm more likely to be way more self-deprecating, more – and I I think to sometimes to a fault. I'm too careful in some ways. Yeah. Uh, and you take less chances. But I just – I think I have a general idea of what I – and perceived as, and I write from that perspective.
0: I'm curious. I'm curious if you think you could write for someone else. I know you've helped a lot of people. I've helped punch
1: up some things,
0: but I mean, I really wonder. Like, like for example, I mean, would you, could, could could you feel like if they put you on Jimmy Fallon's team that you needed to come up with five jokes a week for him to pick from among the team? That how would you feel? If you were writing for him, understanding his delivery, understanding those kinds of things, do you feel like you could do it?
1: Yeah. There's a couple of jokes I've written where I was like, that's a Seth Meyers weekend update Mm -hmm. joke. Uh, One of those was, um, and I used to do it this way. I don't do it that way anymore, but how I wrote it originally was um, a study just came out that says um, there's there's an ingredient in McRib sandwiches that is also used to make exercise mats. When asked to comment, people who eat McRib said, what is an, an exercise, exercise mat?" Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's a very Seth Meyers delivery of a joke that I do in my show, and it's longer, and it's more Johnny, in it's delivery. And it's a big hit in my show. But if I was going to do it on Weekend Update, it would be very succinct, and it would be very Seth Meyers yeah. delivery. And same with Fallon. Fallon's more generic in his delivery. He has a style. But, yeah, I mean, there's a guy who wrote for him for years – when he was in New York before they moved – or before, when, they, when he was on the late night with Jimmy Fallon before it moved to Tonight Show. And he was doing the 1230 spot. It's a guy named Anthony Jeselnik who's a very like shock kind of comic and very misdirection and kind of a mean-spirited delivery. And mm-hmm. He's known for that, of just being, pushing every envelope. Um, and, he, and I found out he wrote for Fallon. He wrote for Fallon for like three years. And he would write 75 jokes a day. And then Fallon would choose like four – For the monologue, and then he would take the other 70 and go do open mics with them and see if they fit in his act. Wow. So that's kind of how they do it. I mean, if I'm, if I know that, I mean, I don't know 100% because I've never been in those writing rooms, but that's how I would do it. I'd be like, here's the news of the day, and I'll write my take on it, and then some of them will fit and some of them won't. And the ones that didn't, I would just go down the road and I would go, those are mine now. Yeah. (laughs) You know?
0: Yeah. It's fascinating. I've been thinking about, because I I mean, my world of being both a, a collaborator, um, which, by the way, I'm not losing that. But I got to tell you a funny story. Yeah. So, you know, Andrew loves to put er on the end of er words. Oh yeah. And so yeah. like, it's never like it's a it's a I don't know I don't, it's a I'm not a Fisher. I'm a fisher-er, Fisher you know, er. Like, fisher yeah. So he it's just kind of a little joke we have, you know, with things. And so he came to me the other day. and This is the power of suggestion. He came to me with a book. Um, I forget who it was. A pretty famous author, being I mean, published book. He was like John what the heck is this word? He's like, it's like collaborer. And I was like, and I looked at it and I was like, collaborer? Sure enough, it's collaborer. And I'm going... Well, is it, in, in the context, it sounded like it'd be close to col- collaborator, collaborator, which would make sense to me. Yeah. And I'm just, we're at, so we're at the staff table, sorry, I was in a, a elder meeting, yeah. so we were kind of, they were eating, we hadn't started yet, and he's like, bro, co- collaborator. I was like, Andrew, I think you're right, there's collaborator. I don't know, I don't know what this word is, but right. you know, he was about to start using it. He was like, I'm not <laughs> using this every day. He's, he's not like, even knowing what it means. So, well, <laughs> we kind of knew, that, we knew what it meant, but... Just like never
1: collaborer.
0: <laughs> like so. how how I got how it snuck in there, yeah. and we had never seen it. And so Hubert, one of the elders at the end of the table, goes, "Do you guys mean co-laborer?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you need a hyphen in there, right?
0: Well, I think the hyphen's optional, depending on the editor and and the style of the publisher. And so laborer. Um, yeah, it was literally co-labor. So, anywho,
1: But co-laborer is a very Christianese. Like, that's not a thing that you would just see. Is right, scriptural. Oh, you're my co-laborer at the <laughs> office building. That's a very <laughs>
0: right. yeah. But it in, 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 anywho,
1: I'm unequally yoked with accounting over here. This is no good. As a, oh
0: my gosh, I got a
1: co-laborer. Thing. That's funny. It's so funny.
0: So, but I, as a collaborator, I can't even say it now. <laughs> as a collaborative writer,
1: a collaboradoodle. I think what I do,
0: <laughs> like. I, I have had in the last three, four years a what I felt was a grave realization. Yeah. Because when I started writing, you remember, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've written it was total garbage. Ten books, probably. Oh, no,
1: stop it! You're always 10, a good writer,
0: though. Ten books in my own words about my own thoughts. Yeah. Things that are – I think that there's a lot of good stuff, and then you deal with the whole where there's no platform, so you know, don't blah, 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 you know, go through that. And then I begin to agree with that. Well, yeah, I don't know why anybody would want – like, there's a humility as I grow older. Like, well, yeah, why the heck would anybody want to listen to me? Yeah. Like, that's more how I feel now than I used to. Like, this is great stuff. I can't believe no one wants to hear it. Yeah. Now I'm like – I'm shocked that anybody reads anything or listens to the podcast or whatever, and that's – yeah, I can, can go too far, but that's a better feeling. I think it's healthier, but – the the grave realization was is that I the hardest voice for me to write in, and I write for people. Yeah, the hardest voice for me to write in is my own.
1: Yeah,
0: and and I'm really unpacking, like I, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what, what why is that? And I was actually running today because I'm 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 kind of toying with writing some things right now. I'm writing some samples for some ideas I have that are mine. You know? Yeah. And I got a children's book that hopefully is going to hopefully get picked up soon. I can't wait to tell you guys about it. And then I got that comedy. The you guys can go to Amazon by the way already and pre-order it. So oh, really? Ultimate guy for the avid indoorsman. Beautiful. Ultimate guy, avid indoorsman. Uh, it's got a real cool retro cover. You should go check it out. And uh, it was going to release in January, but it, they do have it now on Amazon and other Sweet. places. So, but that's not really like that's almost that's a satire. So it's very. Me writing very formally, saying stupid things. Yeah. So it's not like it's my you know go to message or whatever. It's just fun. But books that I want to write, trying to discover that. I I had this realization today that, like God, I don't. I was talking to to Jesus about it. To be honest, I was like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really trust my voice. And the main reason is, I trust my voice to write. But the hard part for me as a speaker and a writer, and, and I know I'm being vulnerable here to the point that people could just grill me over this. Yeah. Because so, there's a lot of jokes made about this sometimes with me, and I, and rightly so. My problem is is I have too much I want to say. Yeah. And I don't know. I really – I don't know sometimes which one needs to rise to the top and which one doesn't and all those things. And so as a as a younger – I remember my first agent, he – I was so excited. He signed me after I wrote the Reggie book. And he's like, bro, you know, you're know, you a great writer. Yeah. Let's see what you got. It was a real like coaching move. Yeah. Like you're at a – like, man, listen, you're this great player.
1: Right. Let's, let's put Here's you on chance. the field
0: and see what you got. Put me and coach. So, I mean, what's the thing that really makes you tick? And I was like, man, I got this idea called No Arrivals, and I've been writing notes about it for years. He's like, I want you – I said, but it's a lot. He goes, I want you to just write everything you can think about it. Let's see what we got. We can cut it back and go from there. And I was like – Oh my gosh, that's what I've been waiting for. So I went into my hole. So, an average book, Johnny, is like 50,000 words to 60,000 words. I came out with 135,000 words. Of course. Of course. I mean, it was everything. I I mean, I diligently worked. It was well written. It was, you know, and I knew it was too much, but I did what he said. I'm going to bring it to you. Now, you're my partner. You're my my collaborator. Collaborator. And you're going to help me figure out what, because I wanted that. Someone to tell me what works and what doesn't. I just, that's what I wanted. Help me, you know. Mm -hmm. And instead, he took it. I remember I printed it. I printed it and met met with him in Green Hills at a Panera. Yeah. It was like this huge moment. I can't imagine. I'm I'm looking back now. I'm almost like teary-eyed about it. Like as this writer, it was like, this was my shot. Right. And I finally had the agent. We had a contract, the whole deal. I handed it to him. He was like, wow, this is way big. This is big. I said, well, I know it's big. You know, you asked me to. Remember, you asked yeah. me. It was like we hadn't had a conversation.
1: Yeah. Like he didn't remember. It like, I, I didn't know it was going to be this big. Right. Like, I, this I, I told you to write, book. Because yeah.
0: I, t- I, you know, and then like two weeks later, I just get an email, not even a phone call. Oh, no. And he was just like, hey, listen, basically it was, hey, I don't really get it. Oh. So sorry. And that was it. Like, that was the cancellation of our contract. Like, that was over. <sighs> It and it was like a, dude, it was a shot. It was like a, kick a literal
1: to, dear John Letter.
0: It, it was a kick to the groin. Like it wasn't even like yeah. a kick to the stomach. It was like a kick to the groin.
1: So John Acuff did uh, Zanies. Right. I heard about he that. He did an hour of stand up comedy. Yeah. It was actually pretty great. He did good. And I was there. I got to hang out in the green room and chat with him. We had dinner after. He's such a sweet guy. That's He's great. I really liked John. So one of the bits he did was about book signings. And he said, book signings are uh, a huge anxiety thing for me because if you've never been to one nobody comes no they don't and it's awful he goes you're sitting in the table in the back corner of a Barnes and Noble he goes it's like his is the best uh, analogy he said it's like a yard sale except for what you're selling is your heart (laughs) And people still don't want it. <laughs> I've discounted it and you still won't. You <laughs> no, don't want ten dollars for my soul? This is my soul. I yeah. poured in it. No, is
0: too much. No, I can't <laughs> I can't spare it. We gotta go to Starbucks. So good. No, that's how I felt. Yeah. And I realized this is what got me this morning. I realized that the way God gave me to help me i st- I'm still not there, obviously. But I'm getting more comfortable and what I want to say, and you know how he did it? Community. Yeah. Because he, I never anticipated being a collaborator. That was not what I set out to do. Right. And yet I love it. Like, I love the process. And with everything I've ever written, I grew. So now, I mean, I think this is like the, I don't know, seventh or eighth, you know, published collaborative work coming Mm -hmm. out. And I got in January coming out with somebody and I'm working on two more right now, possibly all, you know, and at every turn, it is. It's a little bit like remember that show Heroes, yeah. where the the main guy was Milo. Say his last name. He's now in This Is Us.
1: Oh yeah, what is the his main last character? Name? Vermiglia. Verm-,
0: Verm. Anyway, he was the guy in Heroes, and his his superpower was everybody he came in contact with with superpowers he absorbed them. Oh, but That wow. was the thing he had them, and I started feeling like, but in a, in a not in a superpower way, in like a. Well wow, I really needed to hear that cuz that corrected this inside of yeah. me that and that it was just it became suddenly beautiful to me that I've been on this like you know over a decade now long journey of being with people and being with people is where i've learned now that writing is so much faster and easier for me than it used to be than me just sitting around writing all of my thoughts about myself mm-hmm. you know that i get to write about somebody else and it's freeing so yeah. now i'm still struggling to find those exact messages because i have 15 books of my own i want to write yeah. but which one's right at the right time but i'm so grateful that somebody else has helped me sharpen that tool and it didn't have to be about me. Like I, I now know a lot of tips to not go over the word count or to do this and that because right. I had to do it, you know, with somebody else.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think we were talking about earlier about how you're perceived. Like there's a guy who teaches a writing class, a buddy, my name is Rick Robertson. he'll do that. Literally, he'll pull somebody out of the audience that's learning stand up, and he'll say everybody in the room, like, what do you think about this person? Give me five things you think. So when I saw him do it one time, it was my buddy, Marty. Marty's wearing like basically a track suit and a hat. They go, he looks like a coach. Uh, he's probably got two kids. They'll just say who they think he is. Uh, he was an athlete maybe in high school and then like they go, Marty, is any of that true? And he goes, I coached for 10 years at a private Christian school. I was an all American high school, uh, field goal kicker in my small hometown Near Columbia, South Carolina, I have a, a state right rec- So all those things were true, and he knew that about himself, so that he could present him that self that way on stage. Whereas, like I said about Ron White, he was presenting himself as this ladies' man when he's this schlub, yeah, you know. And it just doesn't it, it didn't ring true to me. Now he's famous enough to get over it, and people he has his audience right. now. So he, but I'm saying if I start out that way. And you can confuse your audience, too. Sometimes you're like, you talk about – if you have old jokes from when you were single and then you get into these jokes about being married, people are like, wait a minute.
0: Well, it's it's, it's dissonance mm-hmm. with your message. Yeah, because you don't know – you're not true. It's fascinating that people could pick it out just by appearance, but no, you're, you're well. Exactly it's Well, right. Lenny
1: Bruce said that, the famous comedian. He said, individually, people are idiots, but together, they're a genius. So in other words, they're going to discern mm-hmm. things about you. And I've had bad crowds, so it's not always true. But I've had crowds – that you know, you you just sense that they're thinking as one. That's really what a laughter is. Yeah, it's like this big amen. We're all in agreement. That's why it's so powerful. Because you know,
0: right. That's why you don't do comedy shows to one person because there's no way in isolation that that can be effective. Yeah, not, it doesn't work. I think anything in life is effective in isolation.
1: But to your point about voice, now the 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 crux that I'm in is I have things I want to say, and and I also am trying to give a gift to these people. Right. of laughter and I'm giving them the an opportunity to forget about their problems for a few minutes so I live in that because there's some communities that are just like look I'm just going to say what I'm going to say and this is my therapy up there and so that's one extreme the other extreme is like I'm going to change everything about myself to please these people right and I'll water down everything I want to say now,
0: yeah. so
1: I live in the balance of those two things I did a show uh, uh it was a uh, volunteer, it was a crisis pregnancy center rather. And it was in Indiana and I get there and I'm setting up and I really believe in what they're doing and I want to help. And the first time they've ever had comedy and they're trying to raise money and they're nervous about me. I'm nervous about them. It's a banquet. They're all going to eat. Mm-hmm. Then they're talking loudly. I'm just very nervous. So while I'm setting up, the lady walks in, I didn't tell you this part. She goes, well, I'm just so glad you're here. I just want to let you know we had a tragedy in the community today. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week. I said, no, she said, the one town over, the this dad killed his two school-aged children mm-hmm. and then killed himself. Wow. And it was out of the blue. And there was like a custody dispute that nobody at the school knew about, evidently. And it was a big nightmare. And so she she literally says, the funeral was today. A lot of people who are coming to this event tonight will still be wearing their same clothes. They're coming straight from the oh, funeral. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, and I started going through my set. And I have to do an hour for these people. And it's already like this thing that I'm brought in because, I mean, this there's this dark cloud that hangs over an event like that, which is abortion, and Mm -hmm. it's such a polarizing issue, and now you try to add comedy to add levity to that and raise money, and now you add this to it. Now it's just death in your face. It's so, and so I was in the, I had like an hour to prepare, and I'm I'm praying, I'm like, God, and that's when I had to go, I had to go through my set list and be like, this is going to trigger somebody. I have jokes about death. I have jokes about mm-hmm. – because I joke about things that are scary because yeah. that I think that that takes their power away. But in a situation like this where I literally know a guy's pulled out a gun and killed his family, like there's just jokes. I'm, they're right. not going to be on the table for me. They're not going to And work. I have to be okay. Yeah. It's not even about like, well, that won't get laughs and these people are too uptight. It's like I will hurt people. Right. And I'm not there to hurt people. Yep. Yeah. And just so that I can have artistic integrity or whatever you call it. That's so dumb. So I did. I totally homogenized my set. And it was great. It went fine. And the event was great. And I'm so glad I did it. I'm glad she gave me that information. Yeah. Instead of being like, he'll be fine.
0: Man, you know? And that's and that's crazy because, again, it goes back to it. I think so many people, and, and, and it, or comedy or writing or whatever is just a great, I, I think, metaphor for what it is for all of us. We really are struggling to know ourselves, yeah. struggling to know who we are. And the, the temptation, and I think even what the world would say if, with every Instagram meme or whatever, is that, you know, you need to you need to then know yourself more by looking inside, mm-hmm. spending, you know, being truer to yourself and all of those things. And, and there's some helpful things there. But the truth is, and I think the biblical way that's been there the whole time that we don't want to call it that, but it really is, is... You actually discover your truest self when you are with people. I mean that life is supposed to not be so internal because yeah. focusing—it's a little bit like putting a you know putting the sunlight by a magnifying glass. It's too much; it's going to burn you. Like there's yeah. too—you there, really want to shine the light on yourself. You're going to find a whole lot of stuff that you're not capable to handle in and of yourself. It's designed that way, I mean right, and so we want to deny that there's anything wrong. We deny the sinfulness of man or we deny our own issues or the fact that I you know live in anger or lust or live in bitterness or envy or greed or, or covetousness of all the things around me or comparison or you know I want to deny all that because if I really take it and look inside it, it'll, it'll kill me and it, it, it'll magnify to the point. But the truth is, when I turn outward and allow people to see instead of you know instead of that magnification of of just that one problem in me yeah. there's so much like you said there's so much safety that's found not in hiding in people but in in being real and and being open and allowing myself to be known by people and then i discover all the things i was trying to find myself by just looking inward anyway it's just it it, it is it really is like a um a counterintuitive – because I think most things that are spiritual, that are true, are they, they by definition should be counterintuitive to what you consider to be natural. Yeah. If you have a – I mean they shouldn't be so we, – we can go so far with that into mysticism and, oh, it's so weird. It must be God. No, sometimes you're just being right. weird. right, right. Because a lot of things should feel familiar to you because God made you this way. But there are things in terms of denying yourself – in terms of, of not living as if you're the center in terms of being willing to share. That feels yeah. unnatural. But when you do it, everything that you you were wishing you were gonna find by holding it and isolating, you actually come across in God's ways by being open ab- about it with other people. You find your voice to other people.
1: Right and and we just know what hap- we know what happens when somebody becomes a hermit. They turn into a different person. Oh yeah. They just do. So, uh, you know, you can say, well, this will be this pure way I'll go off and then I won't be corrupted by this thing. There's even there's even religions who focus on that, yeah, like being separate. And and I believe in meditation and time apart. There is a time and place for that. But this idea that setting up camp there and never being uh, exposed to other people and other ideas, we're seeing that on social media, too, where we've built echo chambers. Well, I'll mute everybody that doesn't agree with me. Yeah. And then you wonder why when another you know idea comes out, some flotsam and jetsam comes into your pur- purview and you're like, whoa. And it's so catastrophic to us because we're like, I've carefully constructed this house mm-hmm. where only people who agree with me are in it.
0: And you may have great points to what you – I mean we, we're all guilty of it. Proverbs 18.2 says a fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing his opinion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean – and, and so I, I, we can either – if we're so greatly offended that Proverbs would dare call us a fool, then we'd probably have to talk about that. you know. Yeah. But the, the truth is if I really care – because Proverbs calls us all fools. Proverbs is not a book where the fool is the guy who always does this and the wise. What it is, is is in each case scenario of Proverbs, you get the choice. Yeah. To You might be a fool in this one and you might be a wise man in this one or a wise woman in this one. But if you take away that sting and of that indictment and humble yourself to say, here's the real question on well, all matters, am I really trying to understand? And the only way to understand is to listen and to be involved in conversations with other people that may be uncomfortable, that they might be wrong about. They might be wrong about. But if you don't, if you really want to be a man of understanding, in fact, um, oh, I mean, there's another proverb that I was I was reading today about basically within a man there 's these there 's these depths of what he 's really feeling, but a man of understanding helps draw it out mm-hmm. A man of understanding helps draw i 'm looking for that scripture i thought I had it written here somewhere like wisdom in in those conversations draws out the thing that you can 't put your finger on yeah. and so maybe it it might change your conclusions, but do you want to have a conclusion just so you can have one or would you rather have the one that 's right
1: <laughs> so hey. You can have your conclusions, but I'd rather have my collaborator.
0: <laughs> We're going to be collaborators. To
1: that's collab- a sermon series: collaborators and conclusions. <laughs> Good luck saying it. You must be bored again. That's coming. That's, <laughs> that's that so needs crave man. We need boredom.
0: That's the that's the that's the children. That's the. Child I'm going home, and boy. I'm going
1: to sit and stare at the wall. You I'm so it, inspired. You're going to be so creative. But I, I will say I have a plasma screen hanging on that wall, but, <laughs> and I'm going to turn it on.
0: Well, that's my thing. When I'm bored and I want to go be creative, I have to turn my technology to capture it or I won't remember it. So then oh, it's like it's, right. this, it's this weird cycle. Like, I'm so glad I'm away from well, this. Well, then you have a great
1: idea. Like, I can't wait to share this idea.
0: I, I hate that about myself. <laughs> I, I finally just made peace with it. Like, I used to think there's a lot of – you go to these conferences they're like, listen – if if you're you need to have separate quiet time with God, yeah, that does not lead to you preaching sermons, some of you are only, and after a while I was like that, that is true and good, yeah, but I finally just kind of felt in my heart like you know what it, it even says this. In in in, I don't, know, John, I don't remember where it is in the Bible. I'm sorry. You can judge me if you oh want to. Oh my gosh. But it basically says what I'm gonna what I whisper to you mm-hmm. in secret. I want you to proclaim from the rooftops.
1: That's in the apocrypha. So that is not. <laughs> it's actually in. No, I know it's,
0: But this wisp like there may be a time it's okay. I've just made peace with it. Like some things are my own. Yeah. But I'm just a man who's gonna probably talk about what God's speaking to me, and that's you know that, I think that's good. Right. If you know. Yeah, that makes you, sense. Sure. Yeah, and I bring it before you. You're helping me find my voice, and we're in community.
1: You sharpen it and tell me it's wrong.
0: And I go back, and I tell Jesus. Say,
1: you should have kept that as a whisper. <laughs> that wasn't God.
0: John. That wasn't Jesus. That was wrong. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, I want to let you know, Johnny, that mm-hmm. there is, uh, besides the fact we're going to get beaten by Kentucky probably on Saturday, <sighs> and we're not talking a lot about it today, we have no time, right of time. Okay. But there is a Tennessee basketball game on Friday night on the SEC Network Plus which is the on the online network, yeah. and so, dude, they're fun. They're number six in the nation. I
1: know, I'm excited. Did you? I saw the hype video. Did you see,
0: oh, the hype video with the piano. It's I sent so that to good. you.
1: You did. You didn't respond.
0: I, I thought I did.
1: Maybe I, know, I didn't. I it's thought, very good. I thought it
0: would like really. It's really good.
1: I, I'm not generally like okay, hype videos, whatever. But if ever there was a time for a hype video, we're sixth in the nation. Let's do it. Let's hype video it up.
0: They're just so likable. They're just good. They're just they're just fun dudes, and they're, they're there's a lot of cool things happening there. Yeah. So. Uh, but they're going to play. I don't know. It's a cupcake, Louisiana, or somebody. But but it'll be fun. So, and we're getting tickets and going to take Sadie to a UT volleyball game. What? You know, I think around Thanksgiving time. Go take her because she started volleyball back. It's now. I don't know. You know we have a. We're now playing volleyball year round, basically. So
1: yeah. volleyball, Christmas it's league, UT, it's ball. I think it is yeah. The, they yeah. put an emphasis on the ball. Yeah, they probably there's something there. That's a, so.
0: that's easy yeah, branding. Yeah, it's a that's a layup. I mean. That's, what, no. what would be the volleyball equivalent? It's a
1: spike. That's a that's a bump. Or a pass. No, a bump is like a Well yeah, it should be easy if it's a layup. It's a spike. It's a easy. Spike's not easy. Well it's it's like it's the kill shot, it's the point.
0: Yeah, but a layup's not a kill shot. Johnny, you don't understand I'm so glad that we brought this here to the airwaves to talk about. John guys, Johnny doesn't understand words. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> Both those sports have nets, but I don't don't
0: I they mean, that's where they you was. were over there thing. you were pulling a Michael Scott right then. Something about jelly. No,
1: I wasn't trying to. Putting. It's okay. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, Marty's always he's always like, man, you come up with all these names. He's trying to get me to come up with names for his fantasy teams because you come up with a clever name. Yeah. Like if you have a player on your team. Yeah. Uh, like uh, like my brother has an NBA one, and it just says B Ball. Like he just calls himself because B. He's B. He's Benjamin. <sighs> B Ball. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's really dumb. <laughs> who have you got? And he says, he's got LeBron. I go, dude, you dropped LeBron on me. There you go. That's your team name. Yeah. So Marty's always like, you need to come up with more names. Because he changes his team name like every other week to be clever. And, wow. But, I'm but gonna, he needs you I'm to be his writer. He needs be, well, he comes up with some. They're okay. they're not bad. But
0: yeah. you think he'll listen to this? No. <sighs> no. He's not going to do he it. He doesn't care. No. So we can say whatever we want. Yeah. So what would you come up with?
1: Nothing. I don't. I don't do fantasy sports, but I did come up with you drop LeBron on me, which I think is great. And the Lakers are winning, so that's. I Thought they were losing. They were losing, but now they're winning. Well, well how many, many games? Like one hundred and ninety-seven games. Or they're whatever, just so. they're around five hundred now, so I think we found our. It was a good game last night against Minnesota. I stayed up late because it's a West Coast right, team. West Coast it's brutal. Yeah. And my buddy had tickets, floor seats. Oh. Like he had the weird, like you go in the thing after the luxury box, and he had the it was a cool like a laminated pass. And I am like, Are you kidding
0: me? Wow. I told you I went to Monday Night Football in Dallas this week. I
1: know. Titans Dallas, but you had like nosebleed stand up.
0: Well, they were stand up, but the stadium was made for stand up. I know that's the deal. It was very very strange. So if you don't Jerry be,
1: World is something else, man. It really
0: is. I will say that they had to hire so many people to tell you where not to stand. Yeah, there's not like we're going to sell twenty thousand extra tickets, and we're going to hire fifteen thousand people to tell the other twenty thousand where not to, stand. not to stand. Like it was unbelievable where you couldn't stand
1: because you're blocking somebody else, right? Maybe. Yeah.
0: And so there's like this railing. If you get to it, you can see everything, and so. Yeah. We thought, well, at halftime, people go to the bathroom. Nope, like you guard that railing like fierce, grim death. Like you do not let it go because you will yeah, get it back. Right. So. But Andrew found a way to like kind of.
1: Oh no, he's good at that stuff.
0: Position himself in there, pivot a little bit, and people mm-hmm. over time moved, and then eventually he let me come up there and watch. When Louis he's little,
1: he probably thought he was a little kid. Like, oh, this guy,
0: <laughs> poor kid, lost his hair, uh, and no. grew a gray beard. Yeah, it's just sad. What is that condition called? <laughs> <laughs> Collaborator. He's got that Benjamin
1: Buttons disease.
0: <laughs> well, he had a great, that a great game. Titans know, won. And uh, people were ready to and, burn the stadium down. They're yeah, so tired the Cow, of Dallas. Cowboys
1: fans are just yeah. a really frustrated group. They're very passionate fans and they're very frustrated with the state of affairs of the last 15 years. And now the Titans are riding a wave, and now we're going to run headlong into the Patriots. This we're not week.
0: riding away; we lost three in a row and then beat. No, what I'm saying, them. we're like
1: maybe we're good, and now yeah. we're going to play the Patriots and be like, no, no we're it's going to be bad. It's going to yeah. be
0: bad. We're gonna we're we're right where we were. I think I don't know. It, we'll be like on the edge, yeah. either one game out of the playoffs or a wild card team. Like that'll be where we are. So that's all we can ask for, John. Mm. That's I mean it's professional football, anyway. it's hard. Hey, man, uh, it's been great hanging out today, and we uh, I can get to talk about your foot. But, uh, we'll get to it. It's fine. It's going to be
1: all better next week, so. Yeah. that's, that's fun. Yeah. I'm you not, did give I'm me a feeling... great sermon illustration about your foot today, so. Oh, right, with the thing, because I was trying to put on a regular shoe today, but it's not really time for a regular shoe, so I was still limping. But I thought the shoe made me limp, but it, and it does, because the way it's shaped. But then you said, yeah, but it limps limping in a way that you can still heal.
0: Yeah, you put the right shoe on here. You might be limping, but you're limping in a way that you can heal as opposed you're not to the doing old shoe.
1: damage. Yeah.
0: That's kind of how community is, Johnny. It's like it a, may look funny to you. Yeah. And you're going to still limp cuz you're broken, but when you're you, limping in a way where you can still when heal. When you're
1: off by yourself, you're wearing an old shoe. Mm. You're hanging it over the power. Put on gun. the the your feet's going to be shod with the gospel of peace over here and it's a, <laughs> it's going to make you walk gangly but
0: you sound like uh, the guy from Meet Meet the Parents. What's oh. his name? Uh, uh, shoot. What's it, Meet the Parents? Come on. What? Robert De Niro? No, the main actor. Oh, Ben Stiller. Thank you, Ben Stiller. Yeah. There was a real Ben Stiller accent you gave right there.
1: Well, anyway, so, yeah, so I'm, my feet are still shod with this weird soft Shot. shoe boot thing, and it's ridiculous looking. I did a show in it, and now I have to do another show. This, oh, you I, I have great. to walk through uh, Philadelphia Airport. Do you tomorrow, have any toe right? jokes? The only thing I said was, I said, you know, if you're ever golfing with a buddy and the golf cart starts to tip over on a hill, don't jump out, you know, (laughs) and then the one thing I did say was like, I didn't want to wear this shoe up here because I knew it would bring attention to me and I don't like that sort of thing. But, uh, my wife said I had to wear it. And even though she's all the way over in Nashville, I know that she'll somehow know if I'm not wearing it. And then I said, I think it's important in marriage to be a little bit afraid of your wife. (laughs) I think that's true. Oh, yeah. Healthy, yeah. healthy fair yeah. But anyway, the foot's going to be fine, and we'll be back next week for sure. Absolutely. It's so well, longer and better.
0: Yeah, you guys share it, and uh, we actually have some questions we didn't get to today as well for Ask John and Johnny. We'll get that next time. Got some guests we're lining up. I know y'all think we're just lying about that. No,
1: we have guests. But we really are. Oh,
0: man. Oh, man. They're lining up somewhere, just not here. But no, we're going to we're gonna get some interviews coming in that you guys are going to enjoy. Lots of cool things happening, and, uh, and maybe some... I mean, we have changed and put some new segments in, new artwork, new things, but there's also some other. We just keep thinking of, of more to add to it. So be sure to uh, let your friends know about it, especially if you uh, took something away that was helpful. might be helpful for them as well. Yeah. And uh, you can follow Johnny on uh, Twitter. Johnny. Terry I-E. Underscore W. Yeah. Or yeah, well, you can follow me at John underscore Driver. And uh, we'd uh, love to hear from you and hear what you want to talk about. And, uh, and we'll try to talk about it soon here on Talk About That.